Quickly to Wall. Wall yeah. measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Hey everybody, welcome to Locked on Wizards, um, Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Uh, my name is Noah Getzel and I'm your host of the show. This is my first time doing Locked on Wizards on Dash Radio. I've done, um, you know, the Locked on Wizards podcast since uh, the start of February, but now it's here on Dash Radio three times a week. It's gonna, it's here playing Tuesday night, but in the future, starting next week, we'll be every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. We've got an awesome show to preview tonight's Wizards versus Timberwolves matchup. Um, we've got a host from the Howl, uh, Kevin Kevin Draves is here joining us, and so we're going to be talking about the similar situation that the Timberwolves and Wizards are in with their best player injured, uh, how Minnesota was able to improve so much this year, and then finally we'll talk a little bit about Otto Porter's role on the team because the last time these these two teams faced off, uh, Porter had a huge game winner and a solid performance, so there's been a lot of criticism from Wizards community saying he should maybe step up a little bit more in the fourth quarter at least, and get some more shot attempts. And finally, we're going to talk about this cool uh, ESPN ranking that came out about the top 25 players under 25 years old. Uh, so we've got how many of them? Four. Yeah, four guys on the Wizards and Timberwolves. So we're going to get started right now um, and bring in our guest for tonight, and that is Mr. Kevin Draves. Kevin Thanks so much for having me on the, having, sorry, I'm confused. I just did something on your show. I thought I was a guest again. You're clearly the guest. I'm just confusing myself. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we, uh, we, we killed about a half hour or almost an hour of your time. So I'm, uh, I'm glad you're having me on and that, uh, you haven't gotten sick of me yet. <laughs> nope. Not even close to it. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the howl? Yeah. So the howl is a Minnesota Timberwolves centric radio show. Uh, we mix a lot of basketball and hip hop. We love it. Uh, huge, huge, huge uh, uh, Timberwolves presence on the show. Uh, but we also cover everything general NBA. Uh, we talk about the Iowa Wolves, which is the Minnesota G League mm-hmm. affiliate. Uh, but we also cover the WNBA and the Minnesota Lynx because, let's face it, they're the most winning basketball team in the state of Minnesota right now. So, oh wow, um, we cover we cover a little bit of everything and. We have a lot of fun doing it. Nice. And uh, by the way, a, a bit of background on me, which uh, you guys probably know if you've been listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast, but I'm a Wizards Extra beat reporter, so I've been covering the Wizards the past four years, and this is my second season as the beat reporter going to all of the, the Wizards games. Let's jump right into a preview of this game. Uh, the last time the Wizards and Timberwolves played, it was a, it was a nail-biter. The Wizards came out on top in November, 92-89 after a huge second quarter run uh they went up i think the the wizards were down a dozen and then they went on like a 16 to 2 run 
Do you think that things have changed a ton for your team since? And it's kind of similar because John Wall was out that game. Of course, you guys had Jimmy Butler. He had a big double-double. But uh, do, do you feel like a lot has changed for the Wolves since November? I think a lot has for the most part. I think the biggest thing uh, that has stayed the same in this sense is that the Minnesota Timberwolves just have trouble with Eastern Conference teams, uh, whether that's at home or on the road. And it doesn't matter if you're a top-tier team like the like the Celtics or the Cavs or you're you know, in the bottom of the conference like the Atlanta Hawks. The Wolves are going to have trouble with you save for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they blew them out by 20-plus points and Tyus Jones uh, dunked on LeBron James. The Wolves have a lot of trouble with Eastern Conference teams, and, and this was one of the close games for them. You know, no John Wall is going to be really a big similarity in this game, uh, but now the Wolves are, are still trying to find their identity without Jimmy Butler and what kind of team they can be. And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing for the Wolves is is matching up with a, a team like Washington and having success against an Eastern Conference team for once. I wonder why that is. Why why have the Wolves been uh, struggling so much even against you know the bottom of the barrel in that Eastern Conference? Uh, honestly, I, I can't even answer that question. You right. know, the, the Wolves have a really good record against their division and against the conference uh, in, in the West, but you, you send them out East, and for whatever reason... They just they don't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you get the the game like Cleveland where the Wolves win by twenty plus, and and you know that's that's a rarity for this Minnesota Timberwolves team against the East, and and there's really no no logical reason as to why they have this much trouble with teams in the East, but can you know consistently beat teams in the West. Yeah, sixteen games over five hundred against a West Coast opponent. But it seems like the Wizards and the Wolves are kind of going through the same sort of issues right now. The Wizards have been pretty strong, uh, I think, uh, eleven and seven since since they lost John Wall with the with the knee injury that required a minor minor surgery, and then another knee issue for your your leader of the group, um, Jimmy Butler, that happened at the end of February, uh, not the start, like Wall's injury, and it just seems like even though you know you're treading water and keeping your head above. Uh, and trying to maintain that playoff positioning, it, it really doesn't feel like the same team for Minnesota right now, right? The, the big, I guess the big difference between the East and the West is, you know, looking at the conference standings. I mean, between the 8 and the 9 seed in the East, mm-hmm. you have five games between the Bucks and the Pistons. Uh, the Wizards are, are three games ahead of the 8 seed, you know, in, in the in the five seed there, and, and you look at the West, and the difference between the eight and nine seed is is a tie. I mean, they're they're yeah. the same amount back, and you could go even the ten seed. Or the ten seed is is basically tied with the eight as well. The difference between the three seed and the ten seed in the playoffs in the West is three games, three and a half games actually, and the Lakers not they aren't necessarily out of it. It's not looking good for their chances, but. I mean, 10, almost 11 strong teams in the West makes it a, a very tight race. And for the Wolves to lose Jimmy Butler for any period of time, uh, now granted, we feel very lucky that all it is is just you know a month or so here of the season and that he's got the strong potential of coming back for the playoffs. Whereas you look at the Knicks, 
you know, losing Kristaps. You look at, you know, all of these teams, Gordon Hayward going down for the Celtics, uh, Steph Curry rolling his ankle. Who knows when he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi still hasn't really played much this year. You know, you look at, at those kind of injuries and you feel really lucky that the Wolves are only going to miss Jimmy Butler for a month. But when it's so close like this in the West, any game that your MVP caliber talent misses really, really hurts you. Yeah, and the Wizards have been lucky the past couple of games, even though they just got absolutely obliterated by the Miami Heat because they played uh, the New Orleans Pelicans that had no Anthony Davis. Then they went on to play the Heat. It was a very next, or it was, um, what was it, one day later? Yeah, it was a, a Friday, Saturday type of ordeal. But the Heat were missing Hassan Whiteside, so that makes it a little bit easier. They're playing the Wolves without Jimmy Butler. And then on Wednesday, it's another back-to-back. But then again, they're playing, um, it, you know, the, the Celtics aren't going to have Kyrie Irving. They're not going to have Jalen Brown. Uh, you mentioned that Gordon Hayward's been out all year, so that's that's easier. And then I guess they'll play the Pacers, who are at full strength. But it's it's kind of like, you know, there's no team that can be overlooked at this time of the year when you have, what, 15 games left in the season, just because every game has such a substantial impact on not only your seeding, but if you're a Western Conference team, whether you even make the playoffs or not. And when you talk about the Minnesota's improvements over the course of the season, you know, they added some new players, but Jimmy Butler, and they've developed internally. What would you think? It's just like a night and day different team in terms of 31 wins over the course of last season. I think they finished 13th place in the West, and now they're already at, what is this, uh, 39 wins here with what, 16 games to go or something like that? What do you think has has really been able to get the the Wolves to the next level this year, Kevin? You know, with the exception of the roster moves, the the roster moves have been phenomenal up and down from what we've seen in in propelling the Wolves to a top-tier team in the West. But I think one of the biggest things is this Wolves team has one of the best home records in the NBA. I mean, they're still at single-digit losses at home. They're 26-8. and Wow. Uh, compared to 13 and 21 on the road, so you look at you look at what they've been able to do at home, what they've been able to do for the fans uh, that have been so patient during this this 13 14 year playoff drought. Um, I, I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things right there. But you know, you look at trading Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and your pick, which would have been Lowry Markkinen, for Jimmy Butler, and you get the Bulls pick, which you use on a guy who. Aaron, uh, the, uh, the co- my co-host on the show, and I refer to as Carl Anthony Towns Light. Um, you, know, you go out and you get a guy like Jamal Crawford who wanted to come here, who took a, a bench position and less money to come here. Mm-hmm. You go out and you get Taj. You go out and get Jeff Teague, who's been so up and down, but when he's good, oh my gosh, he's good. With, with the exception of being infuriatingly bad against the East and and Jeff Teague having his moments where I just want to push him out of a moving train kind of thing. <laughs> this this Wolves team has come a long way, and you know I'm I'm honestly just sitting here enjoying the ride. You know I'm, we're not expecting a championship. We're we're taking it one step at a time, and right now making the playoffs, maybe winning, you know, stealing a, a series in the first round mm-hmm. would be phenomenal. And that's kind of that's where we are right now, and and hoping to make a good progression next year to being a championship contender team. Yeah, and you mentioned the the guys who added this offseason. One player who 
I really wanted the Wizards to to kind of be able to grab was Jamal Crawford, but I guess he's I don't know what factored into his decision. Probably the the Wolves just looked like potentially more of a contender with all the pieces that they added. You guys were lucky to nab him. Yeah, the guy, the guy's 38, 39 years old. He still looks like he's 25 and can shoot like he's 25. He's been such a great mentor. You can tell that everybody in that locker room respects the heck out of him and listens to what he has to say. And he's the he's the, the team grandpa, but he can still connect with the guys. And, and you see you know, Wiggins and, and Tyus Jones and and Cat and Belly and all these guys. You, you can tell that they're learning things from him. And, uh, you know, Jamal hasn't been getting the minutes that he's been getting over the course of his career before the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. but he's definitely making the most of them. And I know Wolves fans are super appreciative to have him. Absolutely. And so going back to the, the first time that the Wizards played the Timberwolves this season, um, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, so the Wizards won by three, and a big reason why they won was Otto Porter, who led the team with 22 points. Kelly Oubre came off the bench with 16 as well in a game that uh, John Wall was injured. And Porter actually hit the, the game-winning shot uh, from 22 feet out with, I think it was about 25 seconds to go. And a lot of people after that game were saying, okay, why is Bradley Beal getting all these last shots in the, in the final possessions of games? Why is John Wall, who has improved as a shooter but still isn't really a great shooter, taking all these like contested fadeaways on these ISO plays at the end of the game? People are still continuing to say to this day, like in the fourth quarter, Otto Porter's got to get more shots. What have you noticed about Otto Porter over the years? I know you don't really get a chance to watch too much of the Wizards or Eastern Conference teams, but what do you think uh, he's kind of a guy who can become a type of go-to scorer in those sorts of situations or does he seem more more of like just a a hustle guy who will get his points when he's running fast breaks or when he's standing open in the corner for threes uh, do you think there needs to be maybe more of a a push to get porter shots in at the end of games i i see a, a little bit of andrew wiggins and Otto porter in the sense of there's heightened expectations he's making a pretty penny and you know, he puts out these games like 22 and 8, and, and people still aren't happy because of the regular everyday production. Um, Wolves fans have been incredibly upset with Andrew Wiggins' lack of uh, free throw shooting, his lack of a, a, a killer instinct, which has been my biggest thing against him. Mm-hmm. Um, his rebound numbers have never been great. His assist numbers are okay for, for where he is. I wouldn't necessarily expect much more there, but his rebound numbers aren't great. Free throw is abysmal, and, and the, I think the biggest thing is that he would rather pull up and shoot versus drive into the rim, draw the contact, put the ball in, be aggressive with it. And and so Wolves fans not you know necessarily... They, they like Wiggins, but they always expect more. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like from the outside looking in, that Otto Porter is very similar in that sense, where he can put up these games like 22-8 and eight and you know get the game winner. And, and fans just still aren't happy because he's not producing at the level that they expect. And so I like Otto Porter's game. I, I do. He seems to fit in very well in Washington. Whereas if you put him on another roster, I don't know that he would be the guy that he is in Washington. Um, he's, it looks like he's got a good system around him. John Wall, Beal, you know, those guys. So I, I think he's in the right the right situation. And I think that's allowing him to kind of do what he's doing now. Whereas 
know, if he was at another Eastern Conference team or a Western Conference team, I don't know necessarily that he'd be getting the, the same kind of production that he would. Absolutely, unless he was playing for the Spurs or something. But, like, you know, over the offseason, he was offered a max deal by the Brooklyn Nets, and you just know that if he's not on a, a team that's an elite contributor and he doesn't have guys like John Wall getting him open looks, Bradley Beal driving and kicking, Beal's been, you know, a beast in terms of facilitating and getting more assists since John went, John went down. It's It would be a different different outlook for him. Uh, I think Wiggins' is a game against the Wizards back in November is a perfect example of how frustrating he can be. Uh, he shot 5 of 15, 1 of 5 from three-point range. He happened to make two of his three free throws, but only two rebounds for a guy six foot eight, and then he had four assists as well, finished with 13 points. It just kind of is like a, just exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, he's got all the athletic gifts under his son, and he still can't really put together the game you want to see out of him. In 37 minutes, I don't, ex- I, I, I expect more out of Andrew Wiggins than 13 points and four assists and one of five from three. You know, those are those are numbers that I expect for a role player guy like Jamal Crawford or Gorgie to come off the bench with 13 points. You know, Wiggins can explode for these, you know, 30, 40 point games from time to time. But for a max guy, you know, you see Towns getting these these kind of games and he's going to get a max. I just I expect a little bit more from Andrew Wiggins in that sense. And mm-hmm. the the ability to want to learn more. And it just it seems like he's happy where he's at and not looking to grow, and that's my biggest issue. And I know for the, the Wizards, they kind of had no choice but to give Otto Porter a max uh, this past summer because it was like, hey, either we give him the money or somebody else does, and he's gone. It's not like, okay, let's negotiate. We'll give you $20 million, but not you know $26 million, whatever it is. Was that What was the contract situation like for Wiggins when he got his offer? I believe it was in the final year of the deal, but the season before the final year of his, of his deal – um, not a lot of news surrounding it. I mean, it was just one of those things that everybody knew what was going to happen. He was going to mm-hmm. get a max deal. He was going to get a max extension. Just a matter of when. And, I mean, albeit it took a little bit longer than a lot of people anticipated. And there were rumors going around of Glenn Taylor, you know, wanting to look Andrew in the eye and shake his hand and, and you know, see that he's going to be dedicated to work before giving him the money kind of thing. But in the, in the long run... Everybody knew Wiggins was getting the money. Everybody knew Wiggins was getting the contract. It wasn't a surprise. We weren't going to let him go. And his, he, just, he, he sometimes comes off as uninterested. Mm-hmm. His numbers are great in the post, so you really got to wonder why he's pulling up for those mid-range jumpers, which the NBA has proved as you know, pretty much a, a dying shot in the league unless you're DeMar DeRozan and hit them at an incredible clip. It's, it's just strange that he'll, he'll pull up early in the shot clock when he's so effective at, you know, these post-ups and even just driving to the rim. But that brings us to our final topic here of Locked on Wizards on a Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And so I want to talk about this new ranking that came out just last week on ESPN. And you had to be an insider to, to check out the ranking. It was ranking the best players under 25 in the league. And, of course, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo ranked number one. Um... But then you had uh, you had a couple. We both had a couple guys who made uh, the rankings from our teams. So after Giannis, it went to Anthony Davis, which you know the jury's still out on who's better between Giannis and Anthony Davis, given this this showing that AD has been putting on since uh, Cousins went out. But after that is Embiid, and then your man Carl Anthony Towns. Do you think 
Towns is right where he needs to be at number four, or are you surprised at all? Well, technically, I think he should be number three now that uh, Anthony Davis is 25 years old after his birthday <laughs> here last weekend. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll give ESPN the fact that the article was written before AD's birthday. Right. Um, you know, obviously, one, two for me is Giannis and, and Anthony Davis. Those two are crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Anthony Davis does it because not only can he score, but he can block the ball at will. He's a rebound machine. Giannis is just a freak of nature. Um, Aaron and I have been in love with Giannis since he joined the league and grew three inches after his rookie season and became this just stretch Armstrong of a basketball player. Joel Embiid is a guy that, you know, I, 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 I can see why and the way that he took it to Towns makes it seem pretty clear to a lot of people that he should go before Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, but... If you look at what Cat has done defensively since that game against Joel Embiid where Embiid took him to school, he's gotten a lot better. So, I mean, four is, four is probably a good spot. I'd put him ahead of Kristaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think – Kristaps isn't a great rebounder, and that's my biggest knock with him. I love what Kristaps can do offensively. He gets the blocks, but just rebounds – I mean, he's at, he was averaging 6.6 a game, and for the – you know, the face of a franchise, the, the big man of a franchise. I mean, Ben Simmons averages more rebounds, it seems like, per right. game than Chris stops at this point. Um, ben Simmons, just a, a too small of a sample size for me to move him anywhere other than where he's at. I, I will say, though, I do like Bradley Beal and Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker where they are. I think those guys fit perfectly. Um, but looking at the list, you know, having Otto Porter... And having Bradley Beal on the list, you know, the Wolves have Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tyus was closer, if not at the very tail end of the list. So, Oh, really? Okay. You know, uh, the Wolves have great young talent under 25. It's, you know, I, I just, like I said before we started recording, Wiggins' spot at like 23 or whatever it is, is, is spot on because he's a great scorer, but doesn't rebound well, doesn't get a lot of assists, doesn't shoot well from the free throw line. And then Bradley Beal, I'm a little bit surprised, actually, that Ben Simmons ranks above him, uh, just because, you know, Ben Simmons has all the gifts, but isn't really, like, a leader of a team by any means. And if it weren't for Embiid on his roster and guys like Dario Saric and Covington, everybody has help in the league, but it just seems like Simmons is is just a benefit, like benefiting from his system and not necessarily leading the Sixers by any means. Like you see that when he's in the game without Embiid and how how little he can do offensively. Um, definitely a long way to go on the offensive side of the ball in terms of uh, developing his jumper. But I can understand everyone else being above Beal for sure. And so Beal ranked eighth on this list of twenty five guys. Otto Porter was at 15, uh, right around the middle. And then you mentioned uh, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> as disappointing as he's been, he's right next to... He's tied with Kyle Kuzma of the Lakers and Miles My- Turner of uh, the Pacers at the end of the list. They're all tied for 23rd. And then Porter, I'm, I'm trying to think if he's in the right position. He's near guys like Clint Capella. Uh, let's see, Gary Harris is 11. Andre Drummond, 12. Clint Capella, 13. Jason Tatum, the rookie, is 14. Then you got Porter, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, for some reason, is number 17. I'm not sure if he belongs there. 
but it's it's an interesting situation with Porter because he's not. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier on on the show. Um, he's not a guy who really wants to stand out. He's more of like a, a blend in type player, and so I think it it kind of makes sense that he's he's not ranked too high, even though he's making max money because he's one of those typical thirteen points, seven rebounds. I don't know how many assists he gets. Probably like three or four, something like that. But I I think all of these rankings seem seem pretty fair. Uh, if anything, I'm a little bit surprised that Porter is that high up at 15th. And then did did you say you're not surprised by either of, of the Timberwolves uh, selections, 4th and, and 23rd for, for Cat and Andrew? Yeah, I'm not I'm not super surprised. I mean, Cat, I think, is, is the best of the rest, if you will, after Giannis, AD, and, uh, you know, even... Uh, Joel's not in the same convo as those two, but I think he's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiggins, like I said, I think he's he's right where he's at until he develops a, a good defensive game and can hit the free throws a little bit better. I think those are the two things that would move Andrew up that list very, very high and very, very quickly. Yep. And do you think he's a cornerstone of a team or not quite? Do, sorry, um, not Andrew, but uh, Anth- Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, I'm Carl talking right Anthony, now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's he's a guy that you. I mean, he he's the guy that the Wolves have built this team around. I mean, yeah, Andrew was here first, but you look at what Cat's been able to do, and they go out and get a guy like Taj who can rebound with the best of them and and put up his his sneaky sneaky quiet good nights, and you get a guy like Jeff Teague who loves giving Cat the ball and wants to give him the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Jimmy does a very good a very good job of driving the lane and drawing the contact, and Cat works well. You know, kind of when when those defensive players sag to try to stop Jimmy, and Cat's right there, and Cat will pick up the pieces. And so, looking at what Thibs has done, he recognizes that Cat is the face of the franchise, even more so than Andrew Wiggins, and has worked to kind of build a solid squad around Cat specifically. Mm-hmm. I've got one more question for you tonight, Kevin, uh, and uh, time is actually flying on me. I didn't realize we've been talking for a half hour, but i, I got to ask you, who is going to win Tuesday night between the Wizards and Timberwolves here in Washington, D.C.? Gosh, you know, it, it's in Washington. No John Wall for the Wizards mm-hmm. makes me feel a little bit better. The Wolves, as we saw Sunday, played well without Jimmy Butler against the Warriors. I think they're riding that high. I think playing an East, Eastern Conference team kind of brings it down a bit. We're going to have another Coles game. I'm going to call this a four-point win for my Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. You hear, heard it here first. Well, Kevin, tell us one more time where we can uh, follow you on Twitter and check out The Howl. Yeah, so The Howl is on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. And then again, Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can find us on iTunes, Podium, Stitcher, uh, on Twitter, uh, at KDraves42, and uh, uh, at The Howl Radio on Twitter. Uh, actually making a uh, announcement here that you're going to hear first on Lockdown Wizards. We oh, wow. Minnesota, Minnesota Lynx head coach Cheryl Reed coming on the show next week. Uh, she is the head coach of the multiple WNBA champion Minnesota Lynx. She's going to be in studio sitting down with us to talk WNBA and basketball. So that's a really cool interview. Uh, nobody else knows yet, so you're hearing it first on Lockdown Wizards. So make sure to tune in. And uh, it's going to be a great interview. I'm really excited. 
Man, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, definitely check out The Howl on Twitter at The Howl Radio. Cool. Kevin, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time. So I thought you would run out of gas here, but you know, you just had me on The Howl, and now here you are on Locked On Wizards on Dash Radio. Thank you so much for the time, and it'll be an interesting showdown on Tuesday, so we'll have to we'll have to talk some trash on Twitter while it's going on. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. Hamwood and diplomats played with Transformers, G.I. Joes, and Thundercats. We was loving that before the start of Jackie Jacks. For notes on Red Oaks, had folks scared to come through College Park after dark. Crown Victoria's police unmarked cars. Be aware, Wayne Wiggins was out there, but we ain't care. Kids was getting stabbed and ditched out there, too busy playing. Double day, you touch shouting on the ass, that's a bet. Won't you Kool Aid and sugar smack your heads and say sweat? It's mine now, place it in my Louis Vuitton pouch. Dump a nigga on his knuckles, make him say ouch. Slouch socks, box Chevy Caprice, hot knees, cut the hole, disturbing the peace with no conscience. Broke niggas call them nonsense, no comments. It's Lil Vape paying homage to college.